0: It's time again for the Millennials Podcast. We're here again. Millennials
1: Podcast.
0: <laughs> uh, we're in the waning days of September and the American Empire. I'm Smith. I'm Seth, and we're talking about everything, you know, basically mostly politics, but we try and uh, we try and keep it there. But we also branch out other stuff.
1: Yeah, we, we like to talk about a little bit. Here and there. I mean, last week we talked a lot about bad movies, which yeah. is what every podcast is about, so, you know, we're trying to get that popular uh, appeal.
0: There are, there are probably roughly, I think there are more podcasts about bad movies than there are bad movies,
1: to be honest. Not, okay, that might be crazy. <laughs> There's a lot of bad movies out there.
0: Before we get into politics, I will talk about, I, I know you have a thing you want to talk about when it comes to uh, uh, the, 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 the sports star endorsed by the Millennials podcast. Um, yes, but I want to talk about real quick that I've been playing a game recently uh, because like you know how like you you have such a uh, you know you have very little time to play video games now and you like just pretty much play one game. Yep, I I'm in a phase of my life now. I'm starting to reach that where I'm like I'm playing like one game and it's right now it's I'm, I, but it alternates right so yeah it used to be World of Warcraft and so now I've moved on to Destiny Two Forsaken. Um,
1: what you're off World of Warcraft already?
0: Uh, not really. I play like one hour every day, but now all my time is now Destiny Two, Damn. Uh, but yeah, Destiny Two, Forsaken. Um, I mean, Destiny Two came out and it was it was it was decent for a while, and then like started to see errors that had been made in the production. They didn't really learn things from the Taken King. Uh, but then they made Forsaken, and they had apparently then fixed those problems. And I'm playing it, and it's a lot of fun. So, I'm really enjoying it because it's just, in my opinion, the best shooter on the market in terms of gun feel and uh fun, just fun per minute i suppose there's nothing yeah. better than just blasting aliens and getting sick loot that's pretty much the, the goal i think so if you, nice. if you want to play destiny uh give it another shot it's pretty good now
1: i never actually touched destiny 2 but i did play destiny 1 for a while so
0: for literally like 20 minutes
1: I'm talking about when I played it again. The first, When I first got it, I played it for like, yeah, like 20 minutes. But then when I got it, the game of the year that had all the DLC, I played that for quite a bit longer.
0: Yeah, it had problems, but uh, Taking King, I think, fixed it. And then t- Destiny 2, I, th- I think the, the thing that happened with Destiny 2 was they started making it before they made Taken King, which was made with the Diablo 3 team, by the way, or yeah. they, they helped. And Diablo 3 was a game that also started off very bad and then got fixed later on.
1: And now and, it's one of my all-time favorite games. Dude, it fucking rules, doesn't it? Yeah, Diablo 3 is just so fucking... F- I've played so, 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 so many times.
0: But it's like, I guess they're making it too soon, or like, that point, and didn't incorporate those lessons into their game. So I'm hoping that maybe, for Destiny 3, at some point, they will have finally gotten that process ironed out. Because I enjoy the aesthetics of, of Destiny, and the shooting is top-notch. It's Bungie, of course it is. I made Halo the best shooting games ever made. And so, uh, Destiny 2 is really, it's really fun. And also, they, they, they killed off, uh, they killed off, uh, oh shit, Nathan Fillion's character in this one in the very beginning.
1: That oh, was damn. A
0: big marketing I mean, push.
1: yeah, he's busy with the rookie now, so he couldn't really <laughs> spend much time in the Destiny 2 studio for long.
0: Uh, it's just. So it's really funny that they had to kill him off because he's the only guy you would care about in this fucking game he's the other two people are like the three main characters he he's the only one that's fun the other two are just dour and so they had to kill off the one guy that had any like personality to get you interested so it does suck also, i like nathan Fillion.
1: i'd just like to say nathan Fillion's on this new show called the rookie
0: what is this about i have not heard about this
1: Basically, he's an older guy, you know, a person who is Nathan Fillion's age, who's just starting out being a police officer. So he's got to... And the trailer I saw on Instagram the other day, he's got to work two times as hard and be three times as fast just to keep up with the young guys. Um, However, uh, we talked about this before, not on the podcast, uh, in person. When when was the first time you were hearing about this show and seeing a trailer for it?
0: I don't remember. When was it? I,
1: I swear it was... Back in May, when I was in Georgia for a little bit, mm-hmm. and this show is just about premiered this week. Is that weird? It's cra- That that trailer was so long. I felt like the show. I thought it was gonna be a summer show, like one of the NBC summer shows. Uh, but no, it's just now starting. They were really, really pushing this new Nathan Fillion show.
0: So it's gonna be like a full show then. Like it's gonna go for like twenty some episodes.
1: Maybe. It depends. I'm not sure they might have a different model for that show. Because people are finally, networks are trying to play with different models for shows being, uh, you know, less episodes, different air times, all that kind of stuff, so. How about we finally
0: fucking stop making shows about cops?
1: Uh, I mean, there's a lot of good ones, though.
0: uh, The the, the, the one right now currently airing good cop show is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes, and it almost
1: stopped airing.
0: Yeah, that's true. So. And the only good cop show before Brooklyn Nine-Nine was The Wire. The Wire. <laughs> because in that one, the cops are evil and incompetent in most cases, or they are f- broken and flawed human beings, but they're they're doing their best, I guess. Yeah,
1: they're just regular-ass people. Yeah. It's the best show there ever was. For sure.
0: But, Seth, I'm eager to hear about our our, our big boy. What's he up to?
1: The bi- Our big boy. Our mm-hmm. six-foot-eight... Uh, NBA megastar LeBron James so um, right now we're in the NBA offseason and the the best place in the history of the offseason is the NBA subreddit because people (laughs) lose their minds and start coming up with the most amazing shit posts ever like one from today was theorizing what six NBA players would be the best to work at a 7-Eleven together uh, for the whole summer Um, lots of great posts. And sometimes people will dig up stuff that happened a long time ago to repost it so that we can have stuff to think, to talk about. And one thing that people found out was back in 2011, uh, LeBron James was one of the most hated men in America, um, because he left, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers for the Miami Heat to guarantee himself a championship working with, uh, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. People hated him for it because, oh, this man is just chasing a ring. He doesn't care about Cleveland at all, even though he's from there, um, So people hated him a lot. He got a lot of hate mail, analysts, everything hated him. But we discovered there was one very interesting piece of hate mail about LeBron James that we didn't know about before. A member of Al-Qaeda once wrote in, I believe, his last letter before he died, he wrote that he was disgraced by what LeBron James decided to do to his homeland. Okay. (laughs) Yes. And that, that is just the most amazing... It's so amazing that... LeBron James was so hated and so pervasive throughout culture that a man, a a terrorist in the Middle East was like, you know what? Fuck this guy. I can't believe he would do that to his homeland. God damn, that is fucking hardcore. Yes, it's probably his biggest achievement so far. He's getting Al-Qaeda to hate him for leaving (laughs) Cleveland.
0: Al-Qaeda has no connection to Cleveland whatsoever, but fuck, (laughs) fuck fucking for leaving.
1: (laughs) They just really, really think it's bad to leave your hometown.
0: (laughs) Oh my god. I mean, to be fair, they are defending their homeland, so, uh, alright, I guess it makes sense. (laughs) Um, I remember that, I remember hearing that, that, you know where I heard her from, of all places, because I was not really the NBA guy back then? Where? How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah. Remember he makes a comment, Ted makes a comment about uh, LeBron James being a traitor for leaving. So yeah, that's how I knew about that. Everyone hated him for a while there. How did he come back from that? What was the what was the solution?
1: Um. Well, his first year in Miami, he lost. The, he didn't win the championship, so people were like, "Oh, well, look, he left, couldn't even win." Which actually made people hate him a little bit less, just because they were like, "Hey, he's not even that good anymore." And then he won two titles in a row the next years with uh, Miami. Uh, and people just kind of, you know, were like, "Oh, I guess we can't really hate the guy. He's just too good." And then he went back to Cleveland, stayed there, huh. won a championship, and then stayed even longer, despite being one of the worst possible. Like without him, probably one of the worst teams in the league. And now leaving again, and pe- now people are just like, you know, this man's this man's getting old. He, he's just got to do what's best for him. So he's got. But there's still. Plenty of people who hate LeBron James, not because of the Cleveland thing, just because their teams play in the Eastern Conference. And if you're in the Eastern Conference, you don't get you don't get to play because LeBron James is there. <laughs> um, now he's in the West, so people might cool on him a little bit. But Western Conference. Uh, I mean, it's going to be really. I mean, with the team he has, it's going to be very hard. But maybe in a couple, of, maybe after this year, once they build a better roster, have more superstars on the team, they'll win a championship. But for now, it's going to be. Because, get, you know, your opinion is the Golden State Warriors. The, the, the team that is just unfairly sees the means of production in the NBA <laughs> and uh, can just run rampant if they want. So it's going to be tough, but it'll, it'll be a year or two. He'll get there. Well, how many more years does LeBron have in him? Uh, he signed a four-year deal with the Lakers, and so that, that'll make him 37. And from there, he, he says he could play until he's 40, Um, But I feel like at that point he'd just be playing – he'd just play um, off the bench and be more of a – what do you call it? Like a –
0: Like a special kind of guy, bring him when you need need him or whatever, ringer or something?
1: Yeah, and he would help develop newer talent from there, like just be in the locker room and help those guys out. But, yeah. So, yeah, he'll definitely play for until he's 40, and I think he'll win at least uh, eight more championships. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, he does. I mean, for a guy, he, how old is he? Is thirty-five or something like that now. He's or? thirty-three now. Thirty-three. He is goddamn three years older than me. What the fuck?
1: Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> That's a little crazy, right? That dude.
0: I mean, to be fair, I, I feel bad a lot of times, uh, and I'm only twenty-nine. Uh, LeBron James is playing that good at basketball, older than me. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's it's a little uh, it's a little much. But like what's
0: like? Do you know what the average retirement age is from basketball?
1: I actually don't. I know that most. I know. I do think it's in the like. If you're a good player, it's like in your mid thirties. Okay. Uh, or early thirties, but and then most average players are out before they're even thirty.
0: Damn. At least at are not playing League of Legends or some shit. So where you retire at fourteen. <laughs> okay. Because your reflexes are no longer fast enough to keep up with all the. Particle effects and shit. Next topic. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about the big issue, the big topic everyone's talking about right now, and it's yeah. uh, it's Brett Kavanaugh.
1: Brett Kavanaugh,
0: our uh, drunk Irish uh, uh, rapist boy, who's going to be the next Supreme Court justice. Let's talk about this guy for a second. Uh, yes. Did you happen to watch any of the confirmation or the, uh, the confirmation? Sorry, the Judiciary
1: Committee vote. I watched the Pulp Fiction remix.
0: <laughs> well, I watched his testimony. I watched the day after when they did the, when they did the discussion and vote. And uh, I watched a little bit of Christine uh, Blasey Ford. Doc, sorry, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford's testimony. And, I mean, that was some good... I mean, I'd say good. It was powerful stuff, you know? It yeah, was, it, it was, was powerful. I, was,
1: I didn't watch it, but I did see like a transcript of all that she said. And, yeah, it was definitely powerful. And...
0: Even Republicans, in some cases, said that her, her testimony was credible. Not that they care that it was credible, but she said that it, that it was. And, I mean, I, here's the thing. Uh, I will say that I think Dr. Ford, uh, what she did was heroic, in my opinion. That sounds a little bit corny or lame, I know, but I think that going up in front of all these old white motherfuckers who don't give a shit about you and telling about what happened to you, a pretty traumatic experience... And that's going to be televised to anyone watching is a pretty heroic thing to do.
1: Yeah, like I, but, I couldn't do it. But I'll say this: Brett Kavanaugh did ge- ingeniously dis- dis- dismantle her entire speech when he said that he got into Yale Law <laughs> by himself, and what? he only and he drank beer sometimes. No, Seth. He drank beer. He likes beer. He, he still likes he beer. Likes, he still likes beer. Yes.
0: <laughs> this this motherfucker claimed in front of in front of God and man that he had never drunk so hard he blacked out. Fuck
1: you. Yeah, like what? Are, what are you even trying to prove at this point? Like you are actually just shitting out of your mouth.
0: I. I have perfect recall of every time that I ever got drunk. Let me tell you, I remember everything I ever yes. did.
1: I, did I mention Yale Law? <laughs> I got there on my own, by the way. Oh, yeah. Just saying.
0: you Didn't know. Oh, parents.
1: it's also, it's the top law school uh, in the world. Just so, in case you were wondering. <laughs> um, I did it by myself.
0: He made some also really crazy comments. Like, he basically made, like, a classist comment where he was like, I would not have hung out at a party with Christine Blasey, Blasey Ford because she was, like, a lesser person than me. Wow. Like it boiled down to that. He was like, she went to a different school. Like, a, a he went, she went to a lesser school. And you're like, what the yeah, fuck? She here? went to
1: the second best law school in America. <laughs> and let me tell you, no thank you. Okay?
0: And... In uh, in case you in case you didn't really watch the whole thing with Christine uh, Blasey before they they the person who asked her the questions was uh, a female prosecutor a prosecutor's gonna ask a victim now about a sexual assault she's a female sexual assault prosecutor from fucking Maricopa County this this idiot was like some fucking Joe Arpaio stooge they brought in for this shit what the fuck were they thinking about this damn. In the morning, the reaction that I saw from most people was the Republicans had fucked up. This is a, this, been, this is this was going badly for them. This is a bad idea to bring this these people in and have them uh you know have this discussion because it looked bad for them. And I got to agree that her testimony combined with the, the the fact that they can only go in five minute chunks and then Chuck fucking Grassley, this fucking fossil who fucking uh, like literally slayed Brontosauruses and ate their fucking um, meat. This asshole who hung out with Fred fucking Flintstone was, had to cut in every now and again and be like, oh, the the time of the senator from Delaware is over. Shut the fuck up, you idiot. So it just looked bad for them. And that was a reaction I saw. And by the way, I guess you, you, you work in like tech, right? So you, no one was watching this, I assume, at your work. No. Uh, it was being watched a lot at my job. It was people were like trying not to let you see they were watching it, but people were watching this shit. And I was doing it too. I was at my desk, had one earbud in listening, and a lot of people around the country watched this shit happen. And it was it went pretty badly for the Republicans there for a while.
1: Yeah, and like on top of all this, um, I saw a bunch of I saw a really good post that kind of went through all the stuff that Brett Kavanaugh did that you probably that you really shouldn't do. Uh, you know, he threw temper tantrums, he interrupted people, he, you know, he acted unprofessional, and it was it was very important because it was, like, at, at the very end of this whole post about everything he did, it said, um, basically, he did all the things that a, a woman or a person of color would not be allowed to do, and he's, right now, he's painting the image of white male privilege in America.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: And nothing has more accurate has been said about this whole scenario, is that Brett Kavanaugh did something bad. Um, everyone pretty much knows he did it and they are willing to be okay with that and elect him anyway.
0: Yeah. That's the whole thing about this. I, there were so many moments where he, like one where, uh, Klobuchar was like, have you ever drunk till you got blacked out? And he said, no, have you? And it was like, Jesus Christ, dude, ease up. You're like, yeah, that's not how this works. 100% alcoholic behavior, by the way, that is how alcoholics behave. I've seen this shit, right? They get defensive exactly. and angry. And just it was just like it was a farce. It's a farce, and the whole thing is at the very end of all of, of all these discussions and shit. Once it was all over, oh, real quick, I want to give a moment of my time before I move on to Lindsey fucking Graham. Did you see what this motherfucker did up there? No. He used his five minutes to go in on the other people on the panel and the Democrats, and he just screamed about how. Uh, uh, Kavanaugh was a good guy, and he went to Yale Law, the best law school in America, and how could a rapist ever go to law the Yale Law School?
1: Yeah, did I mention I went to Yale Law, by the way? (laughs) Number one.
0: He was like, are you a gang rapist? And he was like, no. And he said, well, then it's settled. The man says he's not. And he, like, looked directly at Jeff Flake and said, if any members of our party are going, I uh, uh, vote against this, I hope we all remember who did, who did it and why. And he even said that, like, at one point, if I'm the head of this committee next year, I'm going to remember this, was one of his comments. And the other one that was really funny was that there's a process before Brett Kavanaugh and a process after Brett Kavanaugh. So basically what he's doing is he's threatening that in the future, if the Democrats ever get control and they nominate someone, they're going to, to, to fake sexual assault allegations against them to use this against them.
1: I actually love that uh, gang rapist defense. Um, it makes me want to go into law myself because like, if I'm defending like a murderer, mm-hmm. I could be like, are you a serial killer? And they're like, nope. And I'm like, see? There's <laughs> no way he could have done it. I rest my case. And I just
0: want to point out that that Lindsey Graham is uh, a real fucking uh, queen. In case you know what I'm fucking saying here, maybe he shut his fucking oh. mouth. Lindsey Lindsey
1: Graham is a, a closeted gay man.
0: Yeah, for sure. And he uh and he, he can't admit it, and he because he knows that his party would reject him if he did. Right? That like his his party is built on hating gay people, and so he won't he won't admit it. But fuck you. I hope you die and go to hell. All right. Fuck Lindsey Graham. Um, yeah. Just a real, a real terrible example of the South in general. Being a person from the South, I hate that motherfucker.
1: Being a person from the South, a lot of our political figures are bad examples of people from the South.
0: That's true. I hate them so, all.
1: They're all pretty bad.
0: You know, to be I, honest, I'm, I'm down with I'm down with a few people like John Lewis. He's cool. John,
1: John fucking Lewis, man, dragging us up by the bootstraps to be <laughs> considered even as a passable state.
0: Struggling up there, man. Struggling with this shit. He's about a million years old as well. Fucking Leahy, also of the Judiciary Committee. Another. Remember he was the guy who was in uh, The Dark Knight? Remember he was the guy who, who the Joker talks to at the party? And I was like, oh, that's another oh. Leahy. Yeah. This motherfucker is also a fossil. He looks like petrified wood. You should not be <laughs> You should not be fucking allowed to serve in government past a certain age. Like, 60 or so? That's even even 50. Cut off. You're done. Get out. You can't serve anymore. I'm saying the maximum age law is getting more and more enticing. We need to Logan's run, these motherfuckers. Like, for real. I am full-on
1: Logan's run at this point. (laughs) I'm fine with it.
0: Because the problems we're facing are extremely, extremely near-future kind of things, And they won't be around to deal with them, but we will. So, fuck them. Why should they have a say?
1: Yeah, Um, exactly.
0: But, okay, so... After all of Brett Kavanaugh's testimony, the next day was the actual vote in the Judiciary Committee, uh, which is going to be the vote to advance him to the general uh, vote among the Senate. So, there was a lot of discussion about Jeff Flake, who was confronted in an elevator before this by a rape victim who... Yeah. was like you know look at me you know i this this happened to me and uh, why would you how could you possibly do this even there's a chance this guy did this um and apparently it affected flake a little bit and so before the vote happened it was really weird i watched the whole thing go down uh the vote took about 10 extra minutes to get started and w- at which point like literally two people were in the in the actual chamber of the Senators, everyone else is outside, and you can see Jeff Flake surrounded by everybody. Like, he's like the fucking prettiest girl with the fucking ball. And here's the thing. Jeff Flake uh, was basically John McCain's little minion, and so I do not give Jeff Flake any credit. He has no conscience. He is a bloodless predator of a human being. And the only reason he did any of this was to put on a show for the cameras and get himself a, a higher profile, like, Jeff Jeff Flake, the swing vote. You know, he wanted his name in headlines. And he got it. So he gets back to the floor, and they have the vote, and he says that he would like there, for there to be a one-week investigation of Brett Kavanaugh by the FBI before he would vote yes in the general uh, vote. And... Diane Feinstein and the rest of the Democrats were like, "Wait, wait, wait! No, what we would, what we agreed to was that we would do the investigation first, and then we vote again here." And while she was saying this, while everyone else was arguing, uh, Grassley would have started the vote, and Jeff Flake voted yes, so it went 11-10 to put him up to the general vote. So. For a while there, we thought maybe they wouldn't even do an investigation and they would just go ahead and have the vote and just say, fuck it. But they're going to have a one-week investigation, which apparently is being hamstrung and is limited at every point. And the only reason that of this happened, that Jeff Flake asked investigations investigation is because he knows that it will come back with... Brett Kavanaugh never did anything, so it's okay for you to vote for him. So that Jeff Flake, who is retiring and will no longer be serving in 2019, can then go on to have his fucking high-paying job at the, Fed- at the fucking Heritage Foundation or some shit and keep being friends with all of his conservative buddies and all their fucking country clubs and shit, but also be friends with his liberals and say, well, guys, I did my best, but he wasn't a rapist, so what do you want from me? So I'll say right here and now, fuck Jeff Flake.
1: Yeah, uh, just by the way, if your name is Jeff Flake, you are not an interesting person. <laughs> I'm sorry, you are not popular in high school, you are not on the football team, you are not in any way, at all, likable, and fuck you, Jeff goddamn stupid-ass Flake! <laughs> goddamn, change your fucking name when you run for office, you stupid bitch! You oh my god, Flake! You should have seen the other names at the table, like
0: the illustrious Senator Mike Crapo. Oh, my
1: God. And also Senator Whitehouse. There is no, there's, uh, I'll say this, there is no reason to vote for someone just because of their name. (laughs) But sometimes there's a reason not to vote for someone just because of their name. And all those names you just said are reasons.
0: (laughs) Imagine if, if if Senator Whitehouse was the president. We had President Whitehouse.
1: Th- oh, my God. Imagine sending him mail.
0: I think that's the goetic key that would unlock the, like, destruction of the universe, probably. <laughs> or at least the America would fall apart if we had to talk about President Whitehouse. Oh, my God, dude. That would fucking rule. Um, but, uh, so out of all this, um... We know, Brett Kavanaugh's going to get confirmed. That's going to happen, like, in a week. Or it doesn't matter how long it takes. But you might be asking yourself, and I, I'm sure a lot of people did, was what was the rush? Do you happen to know why they fucking did this so fast? Why, why they went so hard on this? Actually not. Well, because, first of all, Brett Kavanaugh was one of the judges that uh, 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 Kennedy said he'd be fine with being replaced by. Real pro move there. Want a rapist to replace you. Yeah. Uh the other thing is that they have a He doesn't
1: take no for an answer.
0: Dude, he said his the opening statement, he said, You may defeat me at the vote, but you will never get me to quit.
1: I'm like, that's a thing a rapist would say. Yeah, you sound like uh you sound like Dennis Reynolds and it's always sunny. <laughs> okay. That's actually something he's probably said.
0: Dude, it fucking astounded me. I'm like, this is not helping. Yeah. Um But the other thing is the Senate only has a couple more weeks before they have to go to recess to do campaigning and stuff like that. So the process of nominating a new person and getting them through that whole vetting process would take way too long. So they realize that they do not have much time to get this done. And they are not confident about holding on to the Senate after the election. They should not be confident. I mean, 538, I know I shouldn't be talking about polls because polls are always wrong. But polls say right now, they're, they're, what they're saying is that the House has a four out of five chance to go to the Democrats, and the Senate has a one in three chance to go to the Democrats. And if one of those, if that happens, if the Senate goes to the Democrats, they will never get anyone through. For two more years, we will have an opening Supreme Court seat. And it has been a conservative project for decades to get someone in that seat and to make it a majority conservative court, because that will last for 30, 40 more years And so they are going to fight like hell and they will not withdraw Brett Kavanaugh because they know that if they put somebody else up there, they're not going to have time to get them through. So that's why it has to be him and it has to be done now.
1: Yeah, and we talked about this before on this podcast and uh, something that would make all of this a lot less serious for everyone involved is to overturn the stupidest part of our political system in that Supreme Court judges – Get lifetime sentences. Insane. How about... Fuck that. How about the person who came up with that idea... Was old and fucking stupid. Okay? There is nothing in this world... That... Warrants a life sentence. Except for maybe what Brett Brett Kavanaugh did to Dr. Ford. Um, Much different kind of life sentence. Um, So... Fuck that. I can't even imagine what the use of that is how i can't imagine how that is supposed to promote an ever-changing political system it's because it's not
0: it's literally george washington uh for all of his wooden teeth bitch ass did say before he died or before he vacated office that political parties would be the undoing of the american system they were bad idea because they would promote exactly this Partisan control of certain branches would lead to these lifetime appointments and other things such as that, like laws that would get passed, and it would destabilize the whole system. And you know what? The motherfucker was right.
1: I have forever said that George Washington's farewell address was literally the blueprint for everything we do wrong. It is. He says it. He's like, two-party system? It's going to fuck you over. Uh, All these relationships with Europe, you know, people that I tried to get us away from, they're going to fuck you over, too. Uh, everything. He was just like, yeah, all these things are going to fuck you over. And over the past 200-whatever years, we've fucked them all up. Yeah.
0: It's eerie how accurate his his warning was and how it's
1: all yeah. come to pass. And that was like 200 goddamn years ago.
0: If that if he could see it back then, why would we... I mean, I know the answer why we didn't do anything. You know, the entrenched elites and capitalism were never going to let us change. But, like, come the fuck on, dude. Like, we are barreling right now towards what I think is... Uh, i mean genuinely we're gonna have a civil war like we're gonna have a civil war in america and we can see all see it coming we all know what's causing it yep oh my god um i'll talk about one thing real quick though one more note on the brett kavanaugh uh, situation is uh so tom perez the chair of the democratic national committee the uh the people who usually give money to the Democrats, even though they're <laughs> they're going they're insolvent right now, they're probably going to go bankrupt soon. Um, they they asked him at a, at, a, at some kind of event. Who gives a shit what kind of event it was? This person asked if any if any you know uh, senators who voted for Kavanaugh. We still get support from the DNC. And Tom Perez basically fucking barrels the fucking camera, looks right into it, and is like, Yes, Joe Manchin, Donnelly, vote for him. It's okay. And it was like, this skeletor looking motherfucker is over here telling people, vote for the rapist. We're Democrats. We stand for nothing. We hate everything.
1: Ugh. So I
0: have to ask, what's the use? What's the use of voting for Democrats? What does it matter? What do they stand for? What do they, what do they want?
1: What's the difference? Uh, Democrats, at this point, want one thing, and that is to stay in office. Um, and they don't care what they do. They don't care um, who they offend or anything. They don't... People, like, on the news... If you watch the news, people would have you believe that every Democrat is some super-sensitive liberal who is very politically correct... When, had, when, in fact, all the Democrats who actually represent the people, um, or represent in air quotes, are not politically correct. They don't care about what people would fancy people. They care about themselves and what's going to push their own political agenda. And they've realized that they can do whatever they want. People will still vote for them just because people who are uh, basic-ass, milk toast liberals, they see a D next to your name and they vote for you because they think that you're the right choice. Um And in in reality, that's just not true. In reality, the Democrats don't actually – they don't actually care. There's not a lot of Democrats out there who are social – who are actual social liberals or definitely not any that are um, economically liberal, economically leftist, um, things that we actually need to be voting for and things that would actually push all your interests forward even if you are are just a regular liberal. Um, So they've realized that because of that tunnel vision, they can do almost anything. They can even act pretty much functionally just like Republicans and still get those votes – just because they call themselves a Democrat,
0: yeah, they're, they're not an effective uh, uh, what do you call it opposition party. They don't they don't oppose at all. They just yes. they give you they they have their position, but that position is not even close to what it needs to be to actually help people.
1: It yeah, and they're willing anything. to bend it to the Republicans' needs no matter what.
0: Oh, they give yeah, a compromise all the time. Every time they have a chance to compromise or to straight up capitulate, they will. They don't they don't fight for anything. And all these, like, show things they do to, like, fight back uh, are just bullshit. They don't really care. Like, it's it's all just for, for political theater, and for show. It's just like Jeff Flake making his principled stand or whatever. It's just for the cameras, and so you'll vote for him. They don't give a shit. They don't care. They don't want to win. It doesn't matter to them. They're still going to get paid.
1: Yeah, uh, something you just said reminded me. I'm going to quote um, Kevin McLean from the second season of Netflix's best show, American Vandal. Okay. Or, I'm going to paraphrase Kevin McClane and say that the uh, Brett Kavanaugh hearings were not an in interrogation. They were theater. Yeah. And that's all we saw this week was something that was basically staged.
0: Yeah. I agree. We're not... Like, we all know Brett Kavanaugh is going to get on the fucking court. That's not a question. That's going to happen. And... At that point, we have to ask ourselves, what do we do? What do we do when the Supreme Court is going to be conservative majority for
1: the rest of our lives? And somebody who will be there for probably 30 or 40 years is actually a rapist.
0: Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I think... Oh, go ahead. No,
1: that was I was just saying, yeah.
0: There's a danger here in, in America, I think. Uh, well, it's danger for some, an opportunity for us, I think, for people like us, that they're going to view the the Supreme Court and by extension the rest of the government as illegitimate. We have two illegitimate Supreme Court justices on there. We have Gorsuch, and we now we have we, we will have Kavanaugh. So once that happens, don't you have these two? Like one whose seat got held open for him for a year by the by the Republicans on purpose, so it subverted our system immediately right there to put a partisan can, partisan candidate on. And then you have the next situation where we have a rapist on the fucking court who we did not give a shit about. People are going to see the Supreme Court as illegitimate. And that's a danger for some, but an opportunity, I think, for us. Because I want people to not trust the government. I want them to consider it illegitimate. Because that helps us.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, that's, and that's one thing that um, is inspiring some people to become socialists, or at least leftists in some way more quickly. Um, is that they're starting to distrust the government and it doesn't. And they, it, even if they don't already have any of these, you know, maybe communist or socialist beliefs, because of the distrust in the government and the idea of a change um, that would have to fundamentally rebuild our system, um, they do move to that side, and they do they do get uh, take part in this wave. And the more things like this happen, the more people are going to distrust the government, and. Um, I mean, they're terrible things. There, we, there should never be a reason for a rapist to be in the Supreme Court. There's no reason anything like that should happen. We shouldn't even have a system that allows something like that to happen, but we do. And because of that, people are going to, at this point, quickly break their bonds um, with our government and the idea that the American government has um, our best interest in mind and it's going to turn them to our side. And, you know, overall, it's going to be, it's going to help a lot for people like us. But it's just going to suck. People who get who get raped. Yeah,
0: it's just like that's the thing is I, I hate to think of it in political terms. This is a this is a criminal thing. This is this is a crime. This is uh, 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 morally and ethically repugnant that we have to even think about it. But it's what we I mean. Either we either we do nothing and let it continue, or we have to use these kinds of events to point to the fact that the system is broken to let this happen. So what are we going to do? Like we, you you can't reform it. It has to be. It has to be t- taken down and rebuilt from the ground up. Because what else? So what other option is there?
1: Yeah, I mean, we don't have right now. Our our other option is to let capitalism actually end, if not just this nation, the entire world.
0: You know who the only person, by the way, who is who is talking back about this? You know, you're the only the only guy in the Democratic, I guess, sort of feel for 2020, who's talking about this is? Who? Seth, it pains me to say the next two words I'm going to have to say. Michael Avenatti. Do you know who he is?
1: Never heard of him.
0: Stormy Daniels' lawyer. Really? That big, bald bitch from TV is sitting here saying things on TV like, if Brett Kavanaugh is confirmed, we need to impeach him and pack the courts. Damn. Which is like seriously, that's a compromised position, but it's crazy that he's the only person saying it out loud. Damn. I don't, I don't get it, man. Like Michael Avenatti is a grifter. He's a, he is one hundred percent a Donald Trump style grifter who's like using his, his popularity to probably launch a twenty twenty campaign for president. But I cannot believe he is he is the guy making leftist. Uh, uh, proposals. I, it's insane to me. Hey, man, the
1: wave can strike anybody.
0: I guess that's true. But my hope is I will not vote for Michael Avenatti, but I would, I probably won't vote for anybody at this point, but I hope that his, even if it's grifting positions, pull the Democrats left. Like, please. I want the threat of him winning to be make them be like, we need to start being more like this guy. Because not only does he take it to Donald Trump and the Republicans and all that, like, in a very, he's a, he's a very personable person, you know. He can talk very well, but he's also has positions that would actually help people and change things. So I hope that his run or his his the threat of him running or winning will pull them left. I'm not sure it'll work, but I mean, what, what else we do? I'm just I'm just speculating here, you know.
1: Oh, I got an even better idea than okay. we had earlier. Abolish the Supreme Court, a, a dude. Or. Even better than that, well, not even better,
0: a compromise is make the judges not only be, like, 10-year limited or whatever, uh, make them fucking, make people vote on them. Like, have them be elected by the people and not by the Senate.
1: Oh, yeah, don't even get me started on the goddamn Ponzi scheme that is appointed positions in the government.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Fuck you, okay? That is the weirdest and most anti-democratic shit I've ever heard in my life.
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan, really, of representative democracy. I understand the necessity of it in most cases, though. I, I do think one day here in this on Earth we will have direct democracy where everyone participates in the democratic system. But I do not like how it is at all, where we represent we, we elect representative who then doesn't have to listen to us. They have two or eight or whatever years to go off and court lobbyists and take corporate money and vote for them. And what can we do? Nothing. Because the guy that comes after them, if we vote them out, will be just as bad, if not worse. So we're just stuck. They don't represent us. And I, I do not recognize their legitimacy as government uh, um, at, at all. I, I don't recognize it. The people are not being heard.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's always blown on how weird our system is and how no one decides to question it openly.
0: You know what? I will talk about one thing. One more thing that has to do with this, this, this situation, this scenario... Hit me. Is, do you know who uh, Mira Sorvino is? Loosely. she's a. I uh, hear the name uh, a lot. She's an actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's on some kind of show right now called Condor that has Brendan Fraser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she made a tweet on the 27th here where she said, and I quote, I have never before today actually felt we needed a revolution.
1: She's right. She
0: is right. I mean, Mira she's Servino,
1: right. you're invited on the Illinials podcast.
0: Come on the podcast. We'll talk about this. Bring
1: Brendan Fraser if you can. <laughs> I, I have was... a lot of questions for him about Looney Tunes back in action. <laughs> <laughs> I want to
0: know about the story about how his character from, from, from G.I. Joe is a descendant of the guy from The Mummy. Let's,
1: let's, let's talk about that real quick. How did they get the cartoons next to him? <laughs> How did he, how is he actually talking to Bugs Bunny at some point? <laughs> I need to know. But, so, yeah, come on the podcast. But the thing about
0: this is, Amira Sorvino made this tweet, which I think a lot of people in America are starting to come around as a viewpoint. Um, she made this tweet, and people jumped down her throat about it, man. And I don't mean people calling her dumb for wanting a revolution. I mean people on the left who are jumping on her for just now getting on board with the revolution or whatever it's like guys
1: can we just not for one time because we the should not the left not realize that this isn't popular consensus yet
0: and not only that it's like oh you're oh it's like, it's like it's like leftier than you kind of shit it's like oh you're just now figuring out you need a revolution listen listen we all come to it in our own time Fucking Lenin didn't come out of the womb, you know, ready for revolution. People fucking have to take time and learn. And the fact that when, when someone does this or someone says this this is today, in today's climate, a crazy thing, we should celebrate
1: it. Yeah, we should be like, hey, one more on our side. Yeah, welcome to the fucking movement. I mean, whether or not they are committed or
0: anything is a different story. I get it. We have to talk about that. But... The fact that they even are saying it out loud is, in my mind, a bit revolutionary. We're starting to see the sentiment spread, and instead of shitting on them for just now figuring it out, we should be like, hey, I'm glad you joined up. I'm glad that, you, that you've that you figured this out, because we need more people. We can't drive people away by, by shitting on them constantly.
1: Exactly. I think tweets like that should get you automatically registered into the DSA. <laughs>
0: Oh, don't even get you started on DSA, man. People, people hate the DSA as well. Oh um, yeah, people hate it. It's all leftist infighting. It's I, I hate leftist infighting. We all want we all want the destruction of capitalism. Can we not just agree on that and and work towards that first? And then we can fight over whether or not I don't know who if Lenin if Stalin or, or
1: Trotsky was right. Who gives a shit about Stalin and Trotsky? Oh, yeah, I love the uh, who's the most leftist uh, argument everyone has to get into every day. Oh, my it's, again, it's just like... It's just like... Who gives a shit
0: about Lin- like Trotskyism versus Stalinism or some shit? They're old and dead. It's the 21st century. We have to think about things in a new perspective. And no yeah. one's really saying that.
1: There are people literally starving. That's true. Let's deal with that first. Oh, man. So... I know
0: you kind of like saw this a little bit. But, man, how about... Those Amazon
1: videos. So, yeah, I didn't see, I didn't know if they were videos, if they were just, like, slideshows or something. But, yeah, I I read about these uh, anti-union Amazon presentations that were being given to, like, managers and such at facilities.
0: Yeah, it, uh, it talks about, to Amazon managers, how to prevent your workforce from unionizing. And do you want a couple of examples Seth, of the things they said? Hit me. All right. Here are a few examples of things that could indicate associate disengagement, vulnerability to organizing, or early organizing activity. Okay? Use of mm-hmm. words like living wage. Ouch. Distribution of petitions and flyers. Okay, sure. Makes sense associates raising concerns on behalf of their co-workers what the fuck mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm,
0: next wearing union t-shirts hats or jackets
1: well yeah that's probably a pretty good indicator
0: <laughs> yeah oh get ready for this one so this is gonna blow it. your fucking mind workers who normally aren't connected to each other suddenly hanging out together
1: that's yeah that's my favorite one that i read it's a really <laughs> good one
0: yeah, oh, hey, me and this. Me and, uh, Bill Discovery both like Godzilla movies. We're talking about this now. Unionizing!
1: God we should it, unionize. Bill.
0: <laughs> uh, workers showing an unusual interest in policies, benefits, employee lists, or other company information.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why, why do you want to know so much about the place you work for? Calm down. We got it all under control, baby.
0: It's all good. Papa Bezos is taking care of you. Don't worry about a thing. It says here, uh, increased negativity in the workplace. Mm. Mm. That might, uh, just circle back to living wage. <laughs> I might figure that one out for you. I'd be more worried about positive positivity in the workplace. Yeah, if you work for Amazon. Especially if you work in like a warehouse. Oh, man. Fuck. Also, last one. Any other associate behavior that is out of character.
1: So anything, really. Yeah, it's just like oh, this, if you if they don't act like the drones they're supposed to every day, they're probably unionizing, which isn't a
0: bad thing. No, oh, your grandpa died and you're sad. Are you trying to start a union? Whoa, are
1: you sure you're trying a union of dead people? No, thank you. You don't have that at Amazon. You're done.
0: And there are some other things here, like uh, like a here's how to here's how to inspire fear of organization. Okay, quote. You would never threaten to close your building just because associates joined a union, but you might need to talk to talk about how having a union could hurt innovation, which could hurt customer obsession, which could ultimately threaten the building's continued
1: existence. Yeah, it's like it's like the classic the the gangster. It's like, hey, you got a, you got a really good looking building here. <laughs> it would be a shame if something happened to it. Hey. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm me set it on fire. Whoa, calm down. I'm just saying that if a fire were to happen, you'd want to be taken care of, and that's what <laughs> this is.
0: It is basically. But I love terms that are in this thing like customer obsession.
1: Yeah, that's just fucked up.
0: what, what is customer obsession?
1: Is it is it obsession with buying shit from Amazon? Or just obsession, because like now, at this point, Amazon um, provides so many services that some people. I mean, there's there are plenty of people who you know use Amazon for a lot, not just buying stuff. Like they use it for a lot of stuff. I mean, there's I mean, Amazon Web Services is I mean, in my opinion, probably the most advanced uh, cloud architecture you can use. And lots of companies depend on Amazon for that. So that's like, that's huge stuff right there. And then people, you know, they just, there's all kinds of services they provide. You know, every day you can get your food, entertainment products, everything from Amazon. So people do, I mean, quite literally do stay obsessed with Amazon and all the stuff that it offers them.
0: Nationalize Amazon, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah. Everything that Amazon does, especially stuff like Amazon Web Services should be nationalized.
0: Oh, let's see here. There's oh, here's an interesting story right here. Um, this is from an uh, uh, employee worker from Indiana. Uh, quote, you're somebody that talks, and you're somebody are going to absolutely make the job as difficult as humanly possible for us. So if you talk about stuff shit, they're going to talk about you. Yeah, sorry, I should have said the end quote. Uh, another Floridian Fulfillment Center worker told Gizmodo, who I'm getting this from, uh, he sent complaints of low pay to Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos' public-facing email address, jeff at amazon.com, and claims management was harassing, quote, harassing me since I sent that email, unquote. He was terminated shortly afterward. Damn. So, in case anyone here is listening to this podcast, and I'm sure everyone who listens probably is ordered from Amazon, and I am not saying that you should, like, Not order from Amazon. I get it. There's some shit you gotta get off of there, and it doesn't matter who you buy shit from. They're all being exploited. I get it. That's capitalism. We can't fucking talk about. If we were to boycott every company that did this, we would not buy anything ever again. Yeah, gotta survive. But I just want everyone to be aware that Amazon's CEO Jeff Bezos is the richest person in the world, probably the richest man since fucking uh, uh, John D. Rockefeller to walk this earth. And he can't. He refuses. He refuses to let his employees organize and improve their living conditions.
1: And fuck him, he's a monster. Yeah, I mean, he's like. He is actually a fucking supervillain. Um, he is trained in like Krav fucking McGraw, uh, wears bulletproof vests everywhere he goes, and. He very rarely, uh, one of the most, one of the things people people won't talk about is that even these other guys who are like really shitty, like Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, they're like talking a lot. Jeff Bezos is in the fucking shadows. He stays behind. He continues to be evil. He continues to quite literally oppress his workers, and he just gets away with it. Yeah. And I mean...
0: He's not doing anything to, like, spread the wealth around. Like, even Rockefeller realized he should do that after a while. Hey, I should keep these fucking pores from cutting my head off. Um, not even doing that. So, I think whatever happens to him, he brought it on himself.
1: Yeah, I agree with this.
0: Uh, but speaking of unions, another great event happened this week. Um, this is from the NY Times, so... It's a little bit biased for, uh, American capitalism, of course, but it's interesting because it's pointing out something. Uh, the headline here is that China's leaders confront an unlikely foe, ardent young communists. Which is a strange headline, wouldn't you think? Yeah, a little bit. Like, would you hear a, a headline in America about America facing trouble from, uh, like, uh, capitalists? Probably not. Unless they no. were, like, crazy libertarians or some shit. Um... So these people, these these Chinese kids, who are, uh, it says right here, uh, from, I'm not going to try to pronounce the name, or I'll try, I guess, and it's going to be bad, Uh, Huizhou China, Uh, starts off, they were exactly what China's best universities were supposed to produce, young men and women steeped in the ideology of the Chinese Communist Party. They read Marx, Lenin, and Mao, and formed student groups to discuss the progress of socialism. They investigated the treatment of the campus proletariat, including janitors, cooks, and construction workers. They volunteered to help rural fam- struggling rural families and dutifully recited the slogans of President Xi Jinping. Then, after graduation, they attempted to put the party's stated ideals into action, converging from across China last month on Huizhou, a city in the south, to organize labor unions at nearby factories and stage protests demanding greater protections for workers. That's when the party realized it had a problem. Which is a, a really crazy statement to make.
1: Yeah, that's actually really impressive. Like I heard my entire life,
0: as a child, that China was the last bastion of communism. That it was, it was a place overrun with communists. So why are communists causing a problem? Who knows. I mean, it turns out uh, if you read the article, they have a couple of uh, a couple of of facts here. Uh, which, I, and by the way, I know this is the NY Times, but I have looked it up. And this is kind of corroborated a little bit on Twitter from what I could read of Chinese users uh, talking about this. You know, China does have an extensive censorship policy, so you can't talk too openly about certain things. And most things are in Chinese. I can't read them. But I have looked, and a lot of this is kind of, it's pretty true. Um, so these people are, these, these kids, these young kids, like it is here, these kids, are... Uh, going out and trying to apply the principles of communism in the, in real life, and they are finding out very swiftly that China is not communist anymore, and they have not been for decades. And that is a hard pill for for them and for some Americans to learn that China has abandoned their their their, their communist uh, uh, dream, which is something that we never talk about here in America because we got they got to be the enemy, right? Yeah, I remember. People always said that the reason they can build things so cheaply in China was because they treated workers like slaves. And then I learned later on that you know communism and socialism, and Marxist thought, is about the opposite. That workers should be in control. So why could it? How could these two things be true? And I realized they weren't true. And is that the, I, I don't know about you, Seth, but the official position of me on this podcast is that China is a counter-revolutionary uh, authoritarian dictatorship, and they are not communist.
1: Yeah, they kind of I don't know, I think that, I mean honestly it's mostly because we don't live there and we don't we don't actually talk a lot about China. And China is rapidly trying to take itself off of the grid and trying to like especially like through things like uh, control of the internet, trying to take away the access that Chinese people have to the outside world. Um, so we don't see these things. We hear it we heard a long time ago, they were communists and we just all listen to it. Um you know, it's like the story of the fucking the elephant that doesn't break away from the spike even though it's so big because it was told when it was young that it couldn't break it. Right, um, yeah. We were told this so long ago that we just believed it and we don't actually – we don't hear a lot about, you know, actually what happens in China. And once again, that's another reason that China is trying to break itself off from us is because – or from the rest of the world is because they don't want people to know what's going on there.
0: And, yeah, it's just like – it's like, okay, here's, here's the most revealing paragraph I think of this whole thing. Which is about these kids and how these kids are taking communism very seriously and going out and practicing it and, and, and trying to help labor unions. Which, by the way, in China, labor unions are controlled by the state. There's only one union allowed, and it's the union that the state controls. Which is, from what I've heard, basically no better than having management in charge. Um, but it says right here, But some of the parties seem uneasy about the proliferation of student groups devoted to Marxism and Maoism apparently worried that their calls for greater economic equality and worker rights could undermine China's modern-day embrace of capitalist markets. So, that just gives the whole game away. Like, we, we are acknowledging finally, I think, now that China is capitalist. They have a, a, a communist, not a communist, sorry, an authoritarian government structure but their, their economy is capitalist.
1: Yeah, they're not, I don't know, they're not as revolutionary as or as different as we'd like to think.
0: They have, there's a billionaire from China. There's several, but the one I know is Jack Ma. I think he's the most well-known here in America. Is Jack Ma the Chinese billionaire? If they were
1: communists, there would not be billionaires. There were, there'd be no billionaires.
0: It's a contradiction of fucking terms, and we need to start realizing that. I think uh, all like all around, both left and right, that that China is not communist and has they've abandoned socialism for a long time. Uh, but the one thing I really want to talk about, the one the one big part I took away here, was there was a, a woman, let me find her name here real quick, a young woman named... Uh, sorry, all I can find is Ms., Ms. U or U-A. It's Y-U-E. I'm very sorry. Anybody listening to those Chinese? I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, but she wrote a letter to President Xi uh, saying that uh, she had been inspired by his fight against corruption in his time working in an impoverished village in the countryside as a young man. So she was inspired by him, right? And it's kind of this thing where people were like, "How is she? how are these communists praising President Xi when he's overseeing a lot of these capitalist reforms? And people are saying it's because they're, they're they're trying to expose his, his hypocrisy, right? Um, mm-hmm. But Ms. Yue, or you, or whatever, uh, she is also lead, the leader of China's Me Too movement, which they have it over there as well. Nice. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? Uh, they never talk about that here in America, but it does exist. Um, she spoke out against sexual harassment and assault on campus. And here's the scary part. She has not been heard from since police detained her on the August on August 24th.
1: Damn, people are, like, disappearing in China a lot, I've noticed. It's super fucked up. Yeah, it's like the the case of that Dalai Lama kid. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really suspicious, wouldn't you say? Yeah. And these kids,
0: they are, they are ardently nonviolent. They're not about, you know, clashing in the streets with anybody. They're, they're just saying, if we're a communist country, which everyone still says we are, and we still say we are, then why are we not following the principles of communism? And they're just like saying it and stating it. And the reaction they're getting is to be raided and arrested and shut down at every opportunity. And I think I, I mean, hey, you know what? I say solidarity with these kids.
1: Yeah. I'm on your team
0: international struggle against capitalism even in a country that says it's, ca- it's communist fuck that these people should be listened
1: to um, yep
0: I, I'll, I'll link this article in the, sh- in the show notes because it's such a fucking good article so definitely check it out uh, anybody out listening
1: hell yeah
0: uh, let's see here a couple things to cover before we wrap up here I think uh, back on the domestic front do you happen to remember the public service loan forgiveness program nope it was a it was a thing set up I believe under Obama. I'm not totally sure. But I believe it was set up under Obama. Uh, but basically, the idea from this thing was that you, if you have student loans, you could get them forgiven if you did public service. Essentially, right? If you if you took your skills and your experience and work jobs, basically for low, very low pay, they would get rid of your debt. Which not ideal. It's definitely not great, right? we just want it gone. I had to work yeah. for it? But here it is. Um, It says right here that so far, of people who applied to this this program, ninety nine percent have been rejected. Surprising,
1: surprising, right?
0: Twenty nine thousand applications have been processed so far. Ninety six have had their debt discharged.
1: Yeah, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, about fifty one percent of all money owed in America comes from student loans so don't think those are going away anytime soon
0: no it's not we built an economy that's, that's based off of debt essentially
1: like yeah, we don't have- student loans were an incredible I mean they, they were sprung out of necessity a long time ago and then slowly the capitalist system has realized how fucking good they are for them
0: Yeah, it's like here in Georgia, Stacey Abrams is running for governor. And one of her her policies is that students should have debt-free college. And uh, it's an interesting phrasing of it, right? Like, I agree they should have debt-free college, but it should be because... Why don't you just go ahead and say free college, you know? Yeah. Like, the debt-free word is, like, weird to me. That sounds like some neoliberal bullshit about how we'll give you money... To, to go to college and then we'll forgive it after a certain amount of time or whatever. That's... I don't know about this. Or oh, no, sorry. You'll take a loan, right? And then we'll forgive it. I don't know about all this. Just make it free. Yeah. By working higher education. And people always say, like, what would be the... What, why would you ever give anyone a free, free college? Why would, you, why would you make college free? It's crazy. Well, I think, first of all, education should be a human right, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no reason for it to cost money.
0: And also, colleges drive the, the the engine of progress in the economy because you have to have workers who do who have these educations who can do this work to do these jobs. So it should be free, firstly, just because it should be a human right to be able to get whatever education you want, but also because you need skilled workers to do the work. And if you, if there's too expensive to go to, to, go to school, so like we have a, short, a doctor shortage here in America, then they won't go do it, and they won't be able to because why why even work? Why do it, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't... It, education system's fucked.
0: Like We've no both one, been through it. Dude, yeah. No one has ever explained to me successfully why being a doctor should cost $400,000. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is wrong with us? Like, that's why we have a doctor shortage, is because no one can afford to go be a doctor.
1: Yeah, I mean, p- people... And a lot of people don't have... Um, some people barely have time to spend four years in college without making a lot of money. Some people don't have eight more years to get their doctorate or their it's MD. So pretty, yeah. it's, it's a, yeah. That's why people are more focused on, like, trying to do engineering or something else so they can just, they can get out of school and try and start paying for all this fucking shit that's been thrown on them all their life.
0: And now even those jobs are starting to ask more for master's degrees, and then they're going to ask for doctorates. Yep. It's all a fucking gimmick. It's all a game, man. It's fucking rigged to get you to go to school and we'll spend more fucking money. Yep. Uh, like, I, I listened to a podcast called Sawbones, which uh, is done by Justin McElroy and his wife, Sydney. And Sydney is a doctor. And there's an episode that she wrote. She did about her being a doctor, right? The, the nuts and bolts behind being a doctor. And she was like, Yeah, I sometimes work 60, 70 hour weeks. And. We get to follow all these crazy regulations and make and keep copious amounts of notes and do all this extra work, and the pay is not even that good. It's not even that great. Which is insane to me.
1: Which is surprising, because that's not what you hear for a long time.
0: Oh no, everyone's you're always told that Doctor Pay is is great and they're all rich. Not true. Especially starting out, it's not true. And the other thing about it is like, if we're gonna ask all this other stuff, like all the work we have to do on top of it, and you're not gonna get compensated that well, why would we put so much cost up front to becoming a doctor? What barrier to entry is that? If we have tests and scores and ed- and like training and education, what barrier does does money create?
1: Yeah, it's like, sure, it's fine that we want to we want doctors to know their stuff, and we don't want just people who are unqualified. But the like you said, the barrier of money doesn't actually prove anything
0: which means you got money because you're rich or that you're taking a you're taking a shitload of student loans and they're gonna be you know paying those back for decades right to get all that paid off so hey you know what you turned yourself into a fucking engine for for, cap, for the capitalist economy so that sucks yep doctor being a doctor should be free everything should be free to go to, go to school get whatever education you want it's crazy but hey you know what capitalism is pretty crazy would you say
1: yeah, it's, it's, I think it's kind of the point of this podcast. Yeah,
0: a lot of contradictions in there. Uh, I do want to talk about uh, two more things before we go. Um, one is everyone's favorite fighter plane, the F-35. Uh, F-35B uh, was used on Friday for two interesting things uh, that happened around the world. Uh, one is that one flew its first combat mission uh, in Afghanistan and it dropped uh, a bomb that cost $10 million on a tent to kill one dude. Great job. Hell yeah. Fantastic work. The other thing that happened was that the same model of Plan 35B crashed in Beaufort County, South Carolina.
1: Nice. <laughs> Shout out to Beaufort. <laughs>
0: Like, $4 billion plane exploded uh, in, in South Carolina. Because don't forget, this is a plane. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. What am I talking about? Oh, yeah, sorry. It's the, the, the per unit price tag of an 35 b is $115 million. So we wasted all that money on a plane that fucking blew up for no reason. Good shit. Um, we could do an entire podcast, I think, just on the military of America and how stupid it is. Because what value does it create for us? What is it doing? You know, why are we paying money to fly these fucking planes around and
1: drop bombs on people? What does it do? Yeah. What is this trillion dollar expenditure actually giving us right now?
0: Yeah, I don't think it produces a goddamn thing for us uh, in in terms of economic or social good, right? Like, who the fuck? Like, all you do is make people respect us less. Okay, I'm not going to get into it. That's another podcast. We're we're getting close to the end here. Yeah. Yeah. the other thing I want to talk about is our favorite our favorite guy, best friend of the podcast, huge, huge, huge admirer of this guy, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. So, Seth, did you see what happened, like, literally a couple hours ago?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we talked about it before, how he made this tweet about uh, how he could basically manipulate his own stock. Um, and, you know, the SEC isn't really big on that kind of stuff, so... Uh, he's been under investigation and been under, I guess what you, I guess would be a, a trial kind of under the, the SEC, and it's been ruled that he and Tesla have to pay twenty million dollars each, um, which I mean really isn't that much, and then he can keep his role as CEO, but he has to step down as chairman of the board for Tesla.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean that rules. That's, I mean, it's 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 not. Of course, it's not like the greatest thing that could ever happened, right? It's not like they're gonna really do anything here. But it's just funny yeah. that he, he he he. It's the dumbest way for it
1: to happen. He tweeted himself out of his job. <laughs> and, just made, and go ahead. I will say this: now that you're not chairman of the board anymore, you probably have a little extra time on your hands. If you got one hour, one week, come on the podcast. <laughs>
0: Yeah, come on to podcast, you South African freak. I got questions for yeah, you. Yeah,
1: I got questions about you. Bring Dave
0: Matthews as well. <laughs> okay? I got some questions about your your fucking parentage, you deep one-looking son of a bitch. Yeah. Like a damn fish with your weird skin. Also, he unfollowed Grimes. That's a funny thing, too. Oh, no. I think that relationship's dead. Not the relationship of the century. But the funny thing about this, and and to to bring it more uh, uh, more on brand for millennials, is $20 million from him and Tesla is fucking nothing. That's potatoes. Yeah. That's loose change for them. The SEC is a useless organization. As funny as this is, as funny as this whole thing is, is that... They, don't, they didn't accomplish anything. It's not going to slow them down or stop them at all.
1: So, Yeah, it's just kind of a, he kind of got himself in a little bit of trouble just for a tweet, which should be a lot more trouble, but it's kind of funny that it happened anyway.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it provides us with humor, as so many things do, while at the same time being utterly useless uh, to us as people, but that's what it is. So, Oh, man. Uh, I think we're kind of done, Seth, unless you have something you want to talk about. No, I'm good. All right. Um, Illinois podcasts were done for the week. Uh, yeah. I was, I am, I wasn't, I, I, was and am still Smith. Will be in the future, more than likely. Uh, I'm Smith, I'm on Twitter
1: at, at mc surf. Yep. Um, at life of Seth.
0: Our art is done by Marcus Barkley, who is uh, unknowable, unreachable, and unfindable.
1: Yep. Um. Fuck Kevin Durant and Tom Brady.
0: Uh, we have stopped trying to solve our problems just want to
1: outrun them. Uh, you can lead a horse to water, but it won't get under it. And from and New Orleans to New York. That's the only those podcasts, baby. We're out. Out.